0: Well, hey, good morning, Destiny. I'm DJ, along with my wife, Jules. We get the honor to pastor here at Destiny Church. And, and happy Resurrection Sunday. Happy Easter. Uh, we love you all. We can't wait to see everybody again. Once again, it's virtual hug time. That's, that's that moment when we can all... Get our virtual hugs in. As you know, I'm a hugger, and I hate the fact that, that you are not here with us because I miss our family. Uh, but we know that, uh, that that we'll be together soon, and we know that no matter what, the Holy Spirit can work in this house. He can work in your house, and we're fired up about that. So do me a favor. I'm so thankful for our website. I'm so thankful for our online services. Do me a favor. Share this link. Get it out to people that, that you know. Get it out to those that you love. Uh, make sure people have an opportunity this Easter to, to tune in and hear a word. Uh, that God wants them to hear this morning. So, so here's what I love about this. I, I love what it says in Matthew 18:20. It says, "For where two or three gather together as my followers, I am there among you." Which means you don't have to be here in the church. You can be in your home, and where two or three gather, He's right there with you. The Holy Spirit's present. Okay, as we honor Jesus this morning, that's so powerful. It's so good to know uh, that He is sitting with you. He is He is literally in your presence at this moment. And. No matter what, are still our number one concern for you is your health and safety. So, so as we go through this season uh, that we're going through, I want you to know you can reach out to the church, call our, you know, reach out, call us, uh, email us, whatever you have to do, get that information to us. If you need help, if if you guys need anything through this time that we can help with, please reach out to us so we can reach out to you and let you know how much we love you. And also our prayer team, we have we have prayer numbers. We're going to put up on the screen. Uh, this is our prayer team members. If you need prayer at any time, please take a picture of this. Uh, they're going to be our prayer. Do we have our prayers that we can throw up on the screen? Make sure we get our prayer uh, team numbers out there to everybody so that they can uh, take a picture of that uh, and have that ready. So, so if there's any ever a time of need, ever a time of need for prayer, you know, take a picture of that right there. I think I see it on the screen. So. Uh, Take a picture of that. You can call everyone. Now, call every one of them. They, they would love you for that. But uh, we want to pray for you. We want to we want to make sure that you are covered in prayer through this season. Uh, so we just want you to know we love you. And then uh, the last little bit of announcement is we're going to be taking communion today. So, um... It's going to be later on in the service, so I want you to know that because I want you to be prepared in your homes. What that means is that that if you have bread or crackers or juice or sweet tea or Gatorade or pretzels, I don't care what you have to do to get the elements in your home Uh, throughout the service. We're going to take communion at the end of service, so I want you to be prepared for that. So you can go ahead and get those things prepared and get ready. I would like you to to take communion for the first time maybe in your home where, where you as a family can come together and take communion in your home. It's so powerful when we get to do that. So uh, right now we're going to pray and then we're going to get into our message for today. So just pray with me at home while we pray here. So Father, we thank you, God. We love you, Lord. Father, we just surrender to you this morning, Father. Hmm. We are so thankful, Lord, for for just your love, Father God, for, for your son, Father God, or for, for what he paid on the cross. Lord, we thank you for the resurrection, Father God. We just thank you for what you're doing. Come on holy we just we just need more of you right now, Father, fill me up right now with a word, Father, put it in my heart, let it come out of my lips and land on the ears of those that are that are hearing this morning, those that need to know uh, the word you have for them this morning, so Father, we just uh Man, we want to declare healing and decree healing over this world, Father God, over our country, over our city. Father God, we declare right now, Father, Father God, that there will be healing. And, Father, we pray right now for a solution, Father, or a supernatural download, Lord, to, uh, to the doctors and, and, and to the scientists that are working on a cure, Father God. We ask you to reach them right now. And for all our hospital staff, our emergency responders, Lord, those that are in harm's way, those that are helping those in need, Father, we lift them up to you, bring favor upon them, protect them, guide them, Father God. And we lift up our government, Lord, our, our local government, our state government, our federal government, Lord. I ask you to to guide the leaders, Father God. Be part of what they're doing, Lord. Father, just give them give them the wisdom and knowledge they need to to lead, Father, and lead in front, Lord, and just do the right thing. And right now, Father, I just lift up all the churches out there, all the pastors out there. And Father, we just uh, and As as we go through this Sunday, Lord, I ask you to protect them, guide them, bring favor upon their houses, Father God, and all their congregation. Father, we just give it all to you this morning. We lift lift you up, Father. We give you all the praise, all the honor, all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, hey, you know, I'm, I'm so fired up because we were, as, you know, Preston, I got a lot of feedback right here. So if you can fix this humming noise, it's right in my ear over here somewhere. So we'll take care of that. <laughs> But guys, we're so fired up. We are in uh, a series called Unlimited. We're in our Unlimited series, and it is Easter Sunday. Uh, but here, here's the, here's what we went through. So last week, uh, we discussed patience. We jumped into our series on, on patience, which was dealing with people, Situations and God. How do you deal with patience with people? Situations and God. So if you missed that, go ahead and tune in on that. You get on our website or our app. Check that out. You can go on Facebook and find it. But it's all out there for you. But our unlimited series is actually based on the fruit of the spirit and, and how having the fruit in our lives help ha- help us as we go through the ups and downs in the seasons of our life. We have to have the fruit of the spirit on display, not only on display for us, but on display for everybody else uh, that's out there, so they can see that on display, so they understand um, that, that, that we, are, we are the ones with it, that God is, is working through us, and it gives them the opportunity to come talk to us and and, and speak to us about what's going on, and I, I'm telling you, this is really bothering me, Preston, there's a big humming over here, and I can't, can't, can't get it out, so they're going to fix that, guys, just get, give me a second right now as we try to figure out where this humming noise is coming from. Thank you. Perfect. There we go. That's what I needed. Woo! I love our production team. Give it up for them at home, as I'm giving up for them right now. There's just some things that... that that it just messes you up when you got a buzzing noise in your ear the whole time so father we thank you for that <laughs> right now we just so so here's what it is having the fruit of the spirit in our in our life is for everybody else to see what's good about that is that it also leads into discipleship because they want to know how you got it they want to know what you have and how you got it and when that's the when that's the plug-in when that's what they see and they come to you it allows you to what invite them to church it allows you to speak to them about about the Holy Spirit speak to them about Jesus and, and get them plugged in and start letting God move in their lives so it's all about discipling people. It's all about trying to trying to get people in the presence of God. And we love that. I love what Galatians 5, 22 through 23 says. It says, But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. And self-control. There is no law against these things. So the fruit is all of them. So so the fruit is all of them together. We have all those fruit in us, downloaded into us supernaturally by the Holy Spirit. He just doesn't give us one or two. He wants us to, to display them all on our lives. So and there's no law. That's what I love about that. There there's no law about that. So if you think about speed limits and you, uh, there's a law on speed, so you can only go so fast. Well, this it says there is no law, which means you can get as much as you want the more you pursue it the more you allow the holy spirit to work in your life the more you can have but it all starts with you it all starts with you so with it being easter i find it very fitting now that it's easter and we're actually on the fruit of goodness so i love the fact that that we get to talk about the goodness of god and how that fruit of goodness should be on display on us for the world to see so what do I mean by goodness? Because sometimes that, that's a big hang-up. People think, well, well, I tell my kids to be good all the time, or, or I tell them to be good at school, or when they go to grandma's house, or, or, or when they go to church, act good. You know, it's all about acting good. Or, or, uh, or when, when you go, and uh, maybe they're, they're at a store, and you're like, act right, act good, because we're in the store. Well, that's not the goodness I'm talking about. Okay, that's acting in goodness. Uh, What I'm talking about is having the goodness of God in you. It's all about, you know, when I see people, uh, it's kind of like this. uh, In certain situations in your life, there's going to be things that happen Okay, And it's the goodness of God that allows you to overcome that. It's always thinking the positive things. Okay, It's actually something you have in your life and not something you do. So you have goodness downloaded in you. We should always have goodness in our lives. So goodness defined, I'll kind of define it for you like this. Goodness is doing what is morally right, doing the right thing at the right time. It's really the description of the essence of God. God by nature is inherently good. So I love what Psalm says in Psalms 34.8 from the Amplified. It says, oh, taste and see that the Lord our God is good. How blessed, fortunate, prosperous, and favored by God is the man who takes refuge in him. <sighs> Can you taste and see how good God is? How blessed are those that take refuge in the Lord? How powerful is that? So his goodness, I, I believe goodness and integrity they go hand in hand, goodness and integrity go hand in hand there's nothing um, more important in my mind than doing what's right and good all the time, doing what's right and good all the time. So God is good all the time and all the time. God is good that's the God we serve that's who God is. He is good all the time. So when I think of goodness, I think about I think about God and I think about how God is. Always there, no matter what. That, that no matter what's going on, he's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. He's going to be there by by your side in the good times and in the bad. That's how good he is. Okay? He's, he's never going to falter, never going to fail. When he says he's going to do something, he's actually going to do it. His promises are yes and amen. He is the foundation of everything good. Everything he creates is good. It's goodness. It's, it's his, you know, it's, I guess God's goodness, if you really look at it this way, it's personal. So what that means is that, you know, there's a song, we sang it this morning. It says, says, God, you're so good, you're so good to me. See, God's goodness is personal to each and every person. So that means what's good to you might not be good to me. But God knows that because he formed us, he created us. We are his children. So therefore, he knows everything about us, so he knows what's good for you. And sometimes what doesn't look good to you is good for you. That's the sad part. Because for us, we think everything good is everything we want. And God says, no, I know what you need. I'm going to open doors and close doors. So, so some of the doors I close that you think are good are not good for you. All right? So that's how the Holy Spirit works. That's how God is working in your life. See, God's just good uh, to each of us in different ways. See, I wish everybody was like God. <laughs> I wish everybody, when they told you something, it was true. I wish everybody, uh, when, when they said that they're available and they'll always be there for you, we're actually there for you. You know, I find it, uh, I think society gets used to the fact that you can call your friends and call people you love and say, hey, I'm there for you. If you ever need anything, give me a shout. And then when you give them a shout, they're nowhere to be found. It's just, it, it's, it's what we've allowed society and the world to play on the words. Like Like, you gave your word, I'll be there for you for anything. You know, I remember moving, and when it's time to move, man, it's like, I don't know what happens, but everybody's job must call them when it's time to move and tell them they have to work. Because that's usually the answer you get when you're moving. It's, hey, can I help? What are you doing? I'm moving. Man, I'm working that day. Oh, okay, well, how about I move on another day? I think I'm working all week. Oh, when do you have to be in the house? I mean, people find excuses um, when, it, when it's time to do things. But, but I know that I think, when I think about this, so I think about that's probably how people thought about Jesus, Because if I think of society back then, they're used to people saying things and not doing things. So when Jesus comes on the scene and says, look, I am all good. Like, everything I do is going to be good. Trust me that when I leave, I'll be back. And they're saying, I don't know, that just doesn't sound right. That doesn't sound right. We don't usually know people that that actually do everything they say they're going to do. They've never experienced goodness the way he was experiencing it. That's why after he was crucified, even his disciples, some of his disciples went back to doing what they used to do. I think there was a lot of people that were thinking at that time, like, like man, the king, the the, the, the savior, the, he, he's gone. So we thought that he was God. We thought that he was the Messiah, but now he's gone. They didn't understand. They thought, no, he said he was always gonna be here. And now he's gone. They didn't understand truly uh, the essence of God and how he was gonna work through that moment. But I love the fact that, that he rose from the dead. Uh, I, and, and when he did that, And I think Sarah mentioned it even during our worship. It just shocked people, the fact that he was able to come back, that he kept his word, that he did what he said he was going to do. I love what it says in Matthew 28, 18 through 20. It says, Jesus came and told the disciples... I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey the commands I have given you and be sure of this. This is what he says. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. That's his word. He said, I will be with you always, all the way until the end. So he says he's never gonna leave. He's gonna be a faithful God who is always gonna keep his word and always be there for us. He's so good. Isn't it amazing to know that you, you serve an amazing, powerful God that keeps his word? That whatever he pours into you, whatever he speaks to you, his goodness to you is good. And it's going to, I mean, you have, what I love about this is you have unlimited access to his goodness. You have unlimited. So nobody can stop the goodness you can receive from the Lord. The more time you spend in his presence, the more time you get in the presence of the Holy Spirit, and you allow the Holy Spirit to move in your heart, guess what? The goodness shows up. You can have heaven on earth when you give it to him, when you just spend more time in his presence. See, he died on the cross, so the Holy Spirit could be with us. So, 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 so the Holy Spirit's in you. Okay, he's with you. So so why do we not use that more? Why do, we not, why do we not reach out to the Holy Spirit more? Why do we not give the Holy Spirit complete reign of what we do? So we serve a God who keeps his word. He's never going to abandon us. That's another one. He's never going to abandon you. Joshua 1.5 says, No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live, for I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. And we serve a God that says, I will never abandon you, which means that when times get tough, when when, when times are rough, when, when it's a season um, uh, of, of grief, when you're in a season of loss, he goes, I will not abandon you. I'm going to be by your side walking through the valley with you. He says, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death with you. See, we serve a God that keeps his word, and he's true to it. Psalms 94, 14 from the Passion says, for the Lord will never walk away from his cherished ones, nor would he forsake his chosen ones who belong to him. So I love the fact that when you give your heart to Christ, when you give it to him, when you receive him as your Lord and Savior, you are his cherished ones. He cherishes you. Guess what? You, you are his because he created you. You belong to him. He created you. And the Holy Spirit resides in you. You have this intrinsic goodness going on. There's this goodness inside of you that's so powerful. I can imagine how that feels because I tell that to my kids all the time, especially Cassie, because she's in college. And I said, you belong to me. I own you. <laughs> Until you're on your own, I own you. And that's how I feel God is. He's like, look, I own you. Like, I will control you. I can do amazing things if you just fall in alignment with me and let me do what I need to do. So what I love about goodness is the fact that that goodness is not something you achieve, it's something you you accept. You don't have to achieve goodness in your life, you just accept it. You just allow the Holy Spirit to move in you. So he gives us everything we need to accept it and allow it to rule in our lives. I believe we should actually pray like the psalmist prayed in Psalms 119.68. It says, everything you do is beautiful, flowing from your goodness, teach me the power of your wonderful words. He doesn't say, teach me your words. He says, teach me the power of your wonderful words because everything you do is beautiful. Everything is goodness. Everything you touch is good. And I want to know what that is. I want to know how to achieve that. I want to know how to walk in that. I know. I want to know how to, to live in that. Everything God does is good. And we should allow that to manifest in our lives we should allow the Holy Spirit to move so that so that when people see you and people run into you they understand who you are and, and the fruit that that is produced and the fruit that's that's on display for everybody to see I just want to be known as just a good person I mean just just having that that good tied to your name that when people think that you're just good like like when they think of you it's well that's a good person That means that you're truthful and you're honest and and your word is your word and you stand by your word and you're always there. So the goodness is in you. All you have to do is respond to it, activate it, use it. Just do the right thing all the time. Have the integrity to do that. That's goodness. That's part of goodness. What I love about this is that, that we serve a father. So he's a father like no other father. And I know on Easter, it's it's usually a, a day to celebrate family. And for some of you, when I say father, that's not good. And you say, I don't know. I don't understand my father. I didn't have a father like that. But well, there's people listening. I understand that. They, maybe your father abandoned you. Maybe your father walked away from you, but that's not our God. God says, I'll never leave you, never forsake you. I'm not going to abandon you. So you have a father that's always going to be there if you just turn to him. If you just turn to him. So his goodness is the fact that it will always be there. Always gonna love you, always, always gonna be there no matter what you do. This is what I love. I love the fact that His goodness is His glory. His goodness is His glory. If you glory, uh, full of grace, full of truth. If you look at what it says in Exodus thirty-three, eighteen through nineteen. Moses says this, this says, then Moses said, now show me your glory. And the Lord said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you. And I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. And I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. I love that it says, show me your glory. And he says, I'm going to let my goodness pass by you. So he says, show me your glory. And he says, my glory is my goodness. And I'm going to pass my goodness by you. Come on, holy, this is, that's what it's all about. It's everything of God. Everything good he does is his goodness. So his glory is the manifestation of his character, his integrity, his greatness. And it's all connected to the fruit of the spirit. It's all inside of us. It's inside this manifold of God. And when I think about that, it's this, this manifold of all the good stuff about God. And if you know what a manifold is, Daisy preaches this all the time. It's so good. But if you think of a manifold, a manifold contains all kinds of stuff. And then it has tubes and little lines that go off from it so that you can get what you need from the the, the massive, the, this major source of what you need. So, so God is the source. He's the manifold. And out of that, all his goodness, everything from joy, peace, kindness, love, patience, all that stuff is all part of that manifold. And then it just shoots it out when you need it. It's so good that that manifold is where we have access to that. We have a direct line to his goodness, to his manifold. What I love is that the goodness, which is part of his glory leads to trust. So, you know, when someone is good and when you, and they have goodness in them and and just like God, his goodness leads to trust in him. And, And when you trust in him, man, it's like heaven comes to earth because when you have faith and trust in God and you do, and, and you give it all to him because he says, if you give it to me, man, I'm going to do all these things. He says, trust in me. And when you do, heaven comes to earth, kingdom comes. You can live kingdom-minded king, in the kingdom right now when you trust in God and have faith in him and do everything that, that he asked us to do, which is love and trust. So when you trust in God, is so good. The fruit of the spirit—that's what I love. We're talking about fruit of the spirit, but this is supernatural stuff. These are supernatural abilities that He downloads. And you can't—you can't do it on your own. Like you can't say, "I'm just going to be joyful and go out and be joyful." It's—it's going to be a fight. You're, it, that's just not how it's going to happen. God says, "No, you're going to need Me to do that." He goes, "You're going to need the Holy Spirit inside of you to manifest that." You can't do it on your own. You can't produce them on the own on your own. So sometimes I think like. If you think about it this way, like society would think that goodness is a commodity. It's, it's, um, they put a value on goodness because everybody wants it, but they don't know how to get it unless you give it to God. But wanting to be good and acting upon it are totally different. Wanting goodness in your life, but acting in goodness and, and doing things out of the goodness of your heart are different because we should be good all the time. I love what people say, you know, when I go, sometimes I'll go hunting, so I have a hunting club, or I'll go fishing, or, or I'll go golfing, or I'll just go out, and, and even at a restaurant, we'll end up sitting next to people, and we just start talking, or sometimes I'll be at a function or a barbecue, and I just talk to people, because I'm a talker, that's what I do, um, and after about an hour or so, it seems like when I'm talking with people, they finally go, hey, what do you do, and I'm like, I'm a pastor. And then all of a sudden you see these little wheels start turning in their head. And they start thinking, did I say something wrong? What was I just talking about for a whole hour with this guy? And what is he thinking about me? Am I, am I saying something wrong? But here's what's funny about that. It, it, it's like they rewind their conversation because of what I do. So what they, they automatically relate being good and goodness to being a pastor. So they expect it out of me because of my title. So when I say a pastor, you automatically expect me to be good. You wouldn't expect me not to be good, right? If so, you wouldn't actually probably have me as your pastor if I wasn't a good person, right? But, but with them, what they do is they associate it with my title. And it's the same thing I think of. It doesn't matter what your occupation is. Wouldn't it be nice that people just automatically associated goodness with you? You didn't need the title. You don't need a title to be good. But when you walked in a room, they just said, "Woo! hang on, goodness just walked in the room. But, and it's so powerful to know that the holy spirit can work in that way to where goodness just flows out of you where people automatically know that you're going to do the right thing and, and and if it's the right thing to do you're going to do it man i had a, a friend when i was growing up this one he just popped in my mind this uh in fact this morning i kind of added it to this because i was thinking when i was a kid and when I was a kid, I grew up in a small town in upstate New York and it was a very small town but you know you go through all the struggles kids go through, you know middle school you get picked on and all that stuff and I remember as I was going through my struggles there was always this one individual that no matter what he would always like High-five me. He was always gentle. He was always kind. He was just that kind of guy. And his name was Kai, Kai Etheridge, so I don't even know if you're out there, Kai. But you popped in my head this morning because when I thought of you, I thought of somebody who operates out of goodness, that it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks, what anybody else does. Out of the goodness of your heart, you extended love. You extended just you brought joy and you brought peace because of your words and your actions. And that's what we want. That's what we want manifesting in our life so that we walk in somewhere. The Holy Spirit just shows up. Because it's goodness in us. Hmm. I love the fact that he's always going to be there, even, even, even when you don't think he could be, or or, or when or, or when you when you need something, or even when you think and you don't see him, he's always there. He's always there. I'm going to take us back to a story uh, in the Bible from John twenty, eleven, eighteen, and this was after ah uh, jesus was crucified it says now mary stood outside the tomb crying as she wept she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where jesus's body had been one at the head and the other at the foot they asked her woman why are you crying they have taken my lord away she said and i don't know where they have put him at this she turned around and saw jesus standing there but she did not realize that it was jesus He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and looked at him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Then Jesus said, do not hold on to me. For I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. I love the fact that here you see Mary and you see her in a situation where where the Messiah has been crucified and that's her Lord and she was just going to to, to pay honor to him, to to take care of him. And when he wasn't there, she was distressed. She was distraught. She, 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 She had lost all composure. And at that time, Jesus was right there. But she didn't know it. But what I love about that is that Jesus knew her so well, he knew her name. He knew her name. And she knew him so well that when she called his her name, she heard it. And it brought peace. And it brought comfort. And the way it sounds, it's like, just try not to hold on to me. I can imagine Mary's reaction to that, wanting to grab a hold of Jesus and just be like, It's so true. You are the Messiah. You are you. You have you have you are resurrected. I could see her doing that, but but instead he says, "Do not hold on to me. (laughs) Like, you need to go tell. You need to go tell some people about me. You need to go tell them to meet me in Galilee." But the fact that she was so distressed, such in a bad moment of her life that Jesus was right there and she didn't even realize it. So what are you going through in life? What are you going through that's so, so bad right now that, that you think you are completely lost? You think there, there's no hoping and Jesus is standing right next to you and he's calling your name and he's telling you he's right there and he's extending in his arm and all you have to do is reach out to him. I love that we serve a great God who's always gonna be there. Hmm. You know, it's hard to ex- really explain how great our God is in his goodness. It's hard to explain that. So uh, the best way to do it is I think about God and I go, well, God's so good that he gave his only son to die for us. And you'll know this scripture, John three sixteen says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. I don't know if you could imagine it, giving up any one of your children to die for the sins of other people. can't even imagine it, that Jesus, he was gonna die on the cross to bear all the sins and shame for everyone. Just knowing what he went through. The suffering, the beatings, and then to die on the cross. For us, that's the love. That's the goodness of our God. He paid the price for everybody. Mm. So the death and the resurrection of Jesus allows us to be good. He says, you can do this. You have the same goodness in you that I had in me. We're just a new creation in Christ. That's what we are. So it's never too late. It doesn't matter what's going on in your life. It's never too late. God says, if you give it to me, if you surrender it to me, the goodness is is available to you. You can have it all. See, I think sometimes we get confused with our goal of being a Christian and having Christian faith. It's just not to get to heaven. I mean, that's that's a bonus. I take that as a bonus, but, but our goal is, is to get heaven in us before we die, to, to have the Holy Spirit present in us, to bring heaven to earth before we die so that we can we can help lead people to him, so we can show people how powerful he is. We need to conform to the image of Jesus, to love what he loved, See, God wants to see the fruit in our life. He wants to see it manifest in us. He wants to use us. See, church is not just learning about God, but actually living a different way, doing something different in your life that helps manifest that so, so that you can do the same amazing things that he did. I'm telling you, you don't grow spiritually because, because you know where the books of the Bible are. Right? It doesn't work that way. You don't, you, don't, you don't grow unless you actually apply the word of God to your life. And here's proof, because how is it that we can have a church our size and, and, and we, can, we can fill this place out for two services and you have the same people, they hear the same message and they go through the same worship and they're in the same sanctuary and they're listening to the same thing online, but they all respond differently. And some people change and some people don't. There's some people that'll keep coming over and over again and never changing. So it's not the word, it's how you apply it in your life. See, being transformed is not the same as being informed. Because you can inform me all you want about who Jesus is, but I need a transformation in my life. I need to transform into something better. Transformation starts with the want in your heart. Starts with knowing that an almighty God loves us. Sent his son to die for us. Starts by understanding the goodness of God and allowing the Holy Spirit to manifest in our life. And today, on Easter, we need to remember that. We need to remember the price that he paid. There's many ways to remember, but I think the one thing and the greatest thing is through communion. It's through communion. So I'm going to talk about communion for a bit because I know this could be different for some people to to take communion at home. That, That might not be normal for you. And you might think, well, I didn't think I could do that at home. I want to talk about communion for a bit. So communion, so you know, is just a reminder that Jesus gave the ultimate covenant, which was his body and his blood shed for all of us. And what a covenant is, it's, it's a the strongest, probably most received, uh, most honored agreement or promise between two people or between people together. They used to um if you research it they used to actually sacrifice animals and they would divide them into chunks and and that animal that sacrifice would be on the ground and then the two people that were in covenant would walk through the blood. They'd walk through the blood and and while they did that they'd swear on oath to an agreement. And it was a public declaration. It was a public declaration of the agreement they agreed upon. And it says that that they would be better to be dismembered like the animal than to break the promise. And each blood covenant was a promise of protection, connection, and provision. Protection, connection, provision. Because the blood, it carries. Guess what? It carries and sustains life. If you think about the blood in your body, between all the different blood cells, it carries and sustains life life in us so the blood of jesus will carry and sustain the life in you if you let him if you let him i'm not going to get there's a whole bunch on that i'm not going to get into that but the blood of jesus it paid for everything and it sustains our life so it washed us as white as snow so we could enter into the presence of god gave us freedom and authority knowing that hell has been defeated been defeated. Now we get to release heaven here on earth. So when we take communion, it does several key things. So when we take communion, there's three things that I believe it does. It One, it reminds us of the price that Jesus paid for our sins. So we have to remember, that's the first thing we have to do. Two, it aligns. It aligns us back up with the identity of a son or daughter of God. It aligns us with him. And it reminds us... That, That the devil, well, he lost. So when we take communion, we're to remember. So we need to remember who God is and what Jesus did for our sins. Isaiah 53, 5 from the Passion says, But it was because of our rebellious deeds that he was pierced, and because of our sins that he was crushed. He endured the punishment that made us completely whole, and in his wounding, we found our healing. So you got to remember the goodness of Jesus and everything he went through for you as he died on the cross. A reminder of his salvation, his, his, his comfort, and his victorious return. See, we need to take communion to align our spirit, soul, and body with his presence. We need to take communion to put God back in first place, to make him a priority of our life. Put all our trust back in him. That's why we take communion. We submit our bodies, our will to him and ask him for healing, spiritual healing, physical healing, emotional healing. So it's times like that when you're out of alignment that you need him to come in and get everything straight again. I think about a car alignment. If your car is out of alignment, guess what happens when you're driving down the road? It goes to one side or the other. It can't stay straight. And if you don't go get your alignment fixed on your car, it destroys the tires. It causes damage to the car. So if you're out of alignment right now and you're not in alignment with the Holy Spirit, what God wants you to do, you're causing damage to your life. You need to get into alignment, and that's what, that's what communion does. It allows you to get back in alignment and, and seek God with all your heart. And every time we take communion, we remind the devil of his failure. The fact that Jesus conquered the grave and has dominion over heaven and earth. See, I always say this, but devil, you need to read the end of the book. <laughs> you have no authority in our life. You've already lost. It's a done deal. So we need to walk in the authority that God gave us. We need to, to, to stop the enemy. We, we can't allow the enemy to come in and steal, kill, and destroy. Well, he has no authority to do that. We've already won that battle. We take control. We take dominion over our lives. See, communion is a weapon to fight the enemy and bring healing. It's a weapon. It's a tool in your bag. And I don't know. I'm a guy that fixes things. So so when I think of tools, I want a tool for everything. And and this past week, I had to go to our barn, and I had to fix stuff in the barn. But here's the thing. I had to fix stuff in the barn because it was a wreck. I couldn't find anything. I have tools everywhere. So I went out, and I tried to organize everything, and I realized, you know, I have tools. I must have, like, ten toolboxes, and each box is for different things, electrical and plumbing and all that stuff. And then I have all these big boxes of all these different parts and supplies I need. But as I was going through, I started noticing brand new tools still in a package, never being used. Specialty tools, stuff that I could have used when doing things if I would have realized I had them. But here, communion is something you have. It's a tool in your toolbox to, to take the fight to the enemy, and it's sitting there, but you don't use it. It's an underutilized tool, and it doesn't have to be. You don't have to wait to take communion the one time a month we do it at church, which is the second Sunday of every month. But you don't have to wait for that. You can take communion every week. You can take it every day in your home. You can take it three times a day in your home. It's a tool. It's a powerful tool that we often forget about. So when we eat the bread When we take communion, we actually eat the bread. We are testifying that Jesus is the healing power, right? And we don't have to walk in sickness anymore. We don't have to walk in. It could be emotional sickness or physical sickness or spiritual sickness. You don't have to walk in it anymore. When we take the blood, it represents the wine, okay? For us, it could be juice catering whatever we do. Whatever it is, it's a memorial of what Jesus did. By his blood, we can be saved, healed, and delivered. See, God wants us to be whole. He wants us to be good. He wants us to bear his image. This is what I love, though. Jesus left his body and his blood for us. It was a gift. It was a gift. He left communion for us. So so when it feels like heaven's so far away, when it feels like... Um, Maybe when your child's sick or maybe you have a family member that's sick or maybe you lost somebody uh, in your family or you can't get close to a family member right now. Maybe you lost your job. Maybe you have financial difficulties right now. You know, maybe you did something that you swore you would never do again. When you feel so far from God, so far from heaven that you're struggling, Jesus says it's during these times that he left something that would remind us of who we are, whose we are. And where our true home is. See, he left us the ability to take communion. And he set the example. He set the example the night he was betrayed. Because he was going through the same stuff. The night he was betrayed, he he knew that he would die. He knew that somebody was going to betray him that was at the table. And he knew he was going to die. So he was in a time that, that wasn't good. And still... He took communion and gave thanks. He set the example. And he says, in those times, you've got to reach out to me. You've got to take communion. You've got to give it to God. Luke 22, 19 through 22. And this is his example. It says, he took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it into pieces and gave it to disciples saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. After supper, he took another cup of wine and said, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people an agreement confirmed with my blood, which is poured out as a sacrifice for you. But here at this table, sitting among us as a friend, is the man who will betray me. For it has been determined that the son of man must die. But what sorrow awaits the one who betrays him. So he thanked God in the time of trouble, in the time of despair, knowing that he was eating his last meal, knowing that that after this, it was gonna be over. He still took communion. And thank God, he set the example. So you need to understand that God's with you through all those times. Those times when you feel like you're suffering, those times when you're in need, God is with you. He's right beside you. He's walking through the valley with you. But here's the thing, you can't get to heaven on your own. It's only through the blood of Jesus. Only through the blood of Jesus. So the only requirement for taking communion is that you need to have Jesus as your Lord and Savior in your life. He is to be your personal Savior. So there's no better time to do that than today. So today's the day, Easter Sunday, the time for you to give your heart to Christ and allow him to come in and rule your life. That's the only requirement for taking communion is to know him that way. So before we take communion, I want to offer up that opportunity to you. So right where you're at, I don't know, wherever you're at, wherever, if you're in your car, if you're, you're at home watching this with your family, I don't care where you're at. I'm going to give you an opportunity right now to just accept Jesus as your personal Savior. So if you want Jesus in your life, we're going to pray this prayer together. So you can do it at home. You can Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're driving, don't close your eyes. Every head bowed, every eye closed. The Bible says in Romans 10, 9, 10, that if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So all you have to do is repeat this after me and believe it in your heart. So we're gonna pray this as a church and I want you to repeat this after me. Say, Jesus, I need you. I kept you out of my life for too long. I can't do this on my own. Change me. Come into my life. Be my savior. I know you died on the cross and you rose again just for me. Today, I surrender. I surrender my life, to you, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So if you just said that prayer, you are guaranteed a spot in heaven. And now you can take communion. Now you can take communion with us today. But the second thing we need to do is we need to walk in forgiveness. We need to forgive. 1 Corinthians 11, 27 through 29 says... For this reason, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in the wrong spirit will be guilty of dishonoring the body and the blood of the Lord. So let each individual first evaluate his own attitude and only then eat the bread and drink the cup. For continually eating and drinking with a wrong spirit will bring judgment upon yourself by not recognizing the body. So he's saying your heart needs to be right. Your your heart needs to be right. You you can't be walking in unforgiveness. You need to forgive those you need to forgive. You you need to ask for forgiveness to God. And so I'm going to give you a chance this morning. We're going to do that together. So we're going to take a moment. We're going to ask God for forgiveness. So I want you to think about this. As I get ready to pray, I want you to be thinking about people that you need to forgive. And, And if you need forgiveness from God, I need you to start asking for forgiveness for God as I pray this over us. Let's pray together. So, Father, we love you. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for your forgiveness in our lives. And Lord, we submit to you. We want your will in our lives. So, so please, Lord, we ask that you forgive us for our unforgiveness. Lord, we declare and decree from this day forward, God, that, that there We're going to live from the tree of life. We're going to live out of unforgiveness, God. We're not going to live out of unforgiveness, Lord. We're going to, Father, we just ask you to to come into our heart right now. And, Father, work miracles in us right now, Father God. We ask you to move in a mighty, powerful way. Father, those that we need to forgive, we forgive them, God. And those that that we need forgiveness, God, forgive us for whatever we're doing. Forgive us for our sin. Forgive us for for whatever we've done, Lord. Father, we just surrender it all to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. So on the night before he died, Jesus shared his final meal with his disciples. And during the meal, Jesus gave to his disciples for all times the special way of remembering him. So as bread was broken and shared and the juice is poured out, Jesus commands us, do this in remembrance of me. So the bread is broken into pieces as a sign of Jesus' body that was broken on the cross. And the juice as a sign of Jesus' blood that is shed on the cross. Both bread and juice remind us that Jesus set us free by dying on the cross in our place. So when we celebrate the Lord's Supper, we remember Jesus' death. However, we also remember the resurrection from the dead. So 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-three 23 through 26 says, I have handed down to you what came to me by direct revelation from the Lord himself the same night in which he was handed over, he took the bread and gave thanks and he distributed it to the disciples and said, take it and eat it and eat your fill. It is my body, which is given for you. Do this to remember me. So right now I want you to hold your bread in your hand. Whatever that looks like. Your bread could be, I don't know, a pretzel, it could be bread, it could, it doesn't have to be what you think it has to be. Okay, we, right now we can declare it anything, but right now I just want you to have something, a piece of bread, something that we can take right now to represent Jesus and his broken body. Because it also represents our healing. So if you need physical healing, if you need emotional healing, if you need spiritual healing, I think everybody's got one in here if you need jesus's healing touch do me a favor i want you to take it and i just want to put your hand on your heart and we're going to let a prophetic word from isaiah sink into our spirit isaiah 53 5 53 5 from the amplified and it says but he was wounded for our transgressions he was crushed for our wickedness our sin our injustice our wrongdoing the punishment required for our well-being fell on him And by his stripes, his wounds, we are healed. This is a prophetic depiction of all that Jesus would accomplish, peace, well-being, and healing. So we declare it right now, you are healed. So take your bread, and I'm going to pray. Jesus, we thank you for your broken body. We remember and thank you for your suffering, Lord. And right here in your presence are people with brokenness. We declare that our bodies, our souls, our spirits are healed in the name of Jesus. Jesus, you died for us and rose again. So Jesus, come. We thank you that everyone can come to the table with you. We thank you that you are that, that Father, you are your amazing God, a forgiving God, a God full of grace and mercy. And we thank you, Lord, that we are healed in the name of Jesus. You may eat your bread. So now you can prepare your juice, whatever that is, whatever you have in your house, it could be Gatorade, sweet tea, um, grape juice, whatever it is, whatever you have to represent the wine, the blood of Jesus. Matthew 26, 27 through 28 says, and when he had taken a cup and given thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the new and better covenant, which ratifies the agreement and is being poured out for many as a sub, a subsituationary, uh, <laughs> for the forgiveness of our sins. This this cup represents the blood of Jesus and our salvation. His blood changed everything for us forever. So when the stone was rolled away, he rose in victory. Because of him, we get to participate in victory and we get to live forever under the new covenant. So you and I are able to go boldly before the throne of heaven as our savior, he can intercede for us on our behalf and you'll never be alone, you'll never be unworthy of his love, by his blood, we have been saved. We are saved, healed and delivered by taking this juice or whatever you have, we are reminding ourselves that this is the blood that set us free. Let's pray. God, we give you thanks for this juice. Father, we, we ask you to bless it as a symbol of Christ's blood that was shed for the forgiveness of our sins, Lord. Father, we thank you for the sacrifice of your son, Jesus. And we thank you for his unlimited goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's take the cup together and celebrate today all he did. If you've never done that before in your home, this is something you can do on a continuous basis. You don't have to wait to be in church. You can take communion whenever you need it. We serve a great God. a powerful God. We serve a good, good God, a good, good Father. A God that's just full of goodness. And you can have more of it in your life anytime you want. The more you want it, the more you allow the Holy Spirit to move inside of you and in you the more you can have. So this morning, I'm gonna pray for everybody this morning. just um, I'm gonna pray that that goodness just overflows you right now, overflows your heart, overflows your body. The good part is you just have to let the Holy Spirit take control. So, so it's not even a, uh, something you have to fight for, something you have to do. You just have to, to let the Holy Spirit move in you. So at every head bowed, every eye closed, if that's what you want, that's what you want where, where you're at right now let that be known to god you see we're just gonna let god move god move in your presence right now so i want to pray for you this morning so father come on holy holy spirit move right now be it be in the presence of those in their homes father god in the presence of those in this church lord father we just uh we just want more of you god more of you in our lives and our families and we thank you god right now for your son jesus Father, you see our hearts. You see the hearts of those that that need you right now. They need more goodness in their life, Father God. They want to let the fruit of the Spirit just just shine all over them, Father God. They want want more fruit produced in them, Father God. Father, we ask that the goodness increase in all of us, Lord, that we walk in a perfect representation of you. Father, allow us uh, the ability to impact those around us, Father God, with our integrity, our character, the goodness of God. Let us bring light to the darkness. We thank you, Lord, for keeping your word, for always being there for us. And Father, we give you all the praise, all the honor, all the glory this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, if you receive Christ today as your personal Savior, if this is the first time, do me a favor. There, there's there's an a email up there, info at destinychurch.al, or call our church. Just look up our numbers. They're online, 334-230-5444. But give us a shout. Let us know. We have resources for you, a free book we want to send you, ways we want to reach out and help you with the next steps. You're not in this alone. You need to allow people to come alongside you and, and walk you through this. So on Easter this morning, as we get to celebrate Jesus, we get to worship him. And we had a phenomenal worship, but we also believe here at Destiny, part of our worship is giving. So this is the time that we like to prepare our hearts for our, our tithes and offerings this morning. So although we're not meeting as a church, because of the faithful givers we have in our church, we can produce this. We can push this out to people through the internet and through live feeds. And, and because of you, because of our church family, this happens every single Sunday because of what you do. And I know God's using this in mighty, mighty ways. So when we're faithful, God's faithful to us. So there's two ways you can give this morning. You can you can give online, so you can go to our website. You can give on the app, um, or you can you can mail in your um, you can mail in your your gift, your offering this morning. We will get it. It is the old way. You might have to put a stamp on it, which means you have to go to the post office and get one of those for those that don't do that a lot. But I love the fact that we can still come together as a family, even though we're not. We're not together as a family. We're together as a family online because of everything you do. So the biggest thing at Destiny is we say we have to give with a cheerful heart. So there's no arm twist. And we know that when we're cheerful and we're a cheerful giver, God blesses that. So we're going to pray this morning. I'm going to pray over our offering. I'm going to pray over our upcoming week. I'm going to pray over the rest of your Easter. And then we're just going to give it to God and be blessed. So, Father, we thank you, God. We love you, Lord. You're so good. Come on, Holy Spirit, we thank you, Father. Father, we thank you for the ability to come together and worship you. We thank you, God, that that we can can get the word out even though we can't be in the sanctuary altogether, Lord, that you make ways, God, that you, you provide, Lord, that you will always be good, always find a way. So, Father, I ask you to touch the hearts of those right now in their homes, all over. Father, wherever they're watching from, I ask you to touch them, Father. Whatever it may be, God, I ask you Lord, we ask that that as they give, Lord, um, as they're cheerful givers, Father God, that we give it all to you, Father. We give it to you for your kingdom, Lord. Father, I ask you to bless the gift and the giver this morning. And Lord, as we enter into another week, this season, Father God, we we ask you to continue to be with us, Lord. Father, continue to grow in us. Father, Holy Spirit, come and, and produce fruit in our life, Lord, that we've never seen before. Father, just let us be that light. Let us be those people that, that others can come to, Father, when, when they're in need. We're, we're, we have the goodness all over us, Lord, so that so that when people are in trouble or if people feel the fear or anxiety, they know that they, they can reach out to people that, that know you, Lord. So use us, Father God, as a conduit for people to get to you. So, Lord, I ask you to protect us, bring favor upon us, Lord, as we enter into this week. And, Father, we just once again lift up Everybody out there doing uh, doing, doing their part, Father God, is whether they're serving in a hospital, whether they're um, man, serving food to people that still need it. Lord, whoever it is, Father, we ask you to bring favor upon them and bless them and protect them. God, we thank you once again for your son's sacrifice, Lord. And we thank you for the resurrection. We thank you that, that because of him, Father God, we have eternal life. So, Father, we just lift you up. We thank you, Lord, for everything you're doing. Lord, we give you all the praise, all the honor, all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. You guys have a blessed Easter. Thank you for tuning in. We look forward to seeing you again next week. We love you.